The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And let me start by saying a thank you to the teabaggers out there. Nice. I'm talking directly to you. Yeah. We had a nice surprise on Monday when uh, the show ranked number two behind Hamish and Andy, who have about 10 million votes and listeners. I think Hamish and Andy could never again release something and they would still be number one on iTunes. Yeah. In all of our lifetimes. Well, there was a time when we started the podcast where every time I checked, we were always behind Josh Thomas and Friend. Yeah. And I'd check Josh Thomas and hadn't released one since like 2006. Yeah. We're not as popular as an old podcast. (laughs) People would rather go back and listen to something from two years ago than listen to our new thing. But it turns out that uh, lots of of people are downloading it and and leaving nice comments and stuff. And so now we've just got to fucking take down Hamish and Andy. (laughs) take those fuckers down but it literally is like you know they always there's always a um on big footy when someone's posting about you know what ranking team somewhere there's always a thing that well they'll say like geelong daylight and then you know collingwood yeah and i think it is hamish nandy daylight universe milky way like everything we, well we've got to bring them down they've got <laughs> they've got that too nice guy image you know like we've got to fucking do something about that do you but does that mean we have to take a counter like, do we have to be bad guys? Or could we be nice guys who upset the nice guys? Oh, you know what it could be like, actually? It's a little like, uh, did you see WrestleMania? Or did you see any of WrestleMania? No. Uh, so you know The Rock fought John Cena. I knew he was going to fight him, but I don't yeah. know who won. So they've been having this argument for a year. The argument started the day after WrestleMania last year. And they've been having an <laughs> argument for a year. And right back then it was like, I'm going to fight you at WrestleMania next year. You're like... Not next week? Are they wrestlers or a married couple? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is, that is a long time in the future to arrange a fight. Seeing that in wrestling, normally when you're having a business meeting, a fight just breaks out. You're just going, no, we'll fight yeah. a year from now. But they finally fought and The Rock won. And the Rock won? Yeah. Ah, oh, see, I thought there's no way he was going to win. Because what does that kind of say about the WWE? It's it like, says that The Rock is still awesome. <laughs> I guess what they're saying, though, is we value our biggest stars over our working stars. Like our... Former biggest stars. Yeah. Well, I suppose they did it with Hulk Hogan. When, they, when he came back, they really gave him a push, didn't they? Yeah, but then... But he, he was back full-time wrestling. doesn't make any sense. The Rock's going to go back and make movies. Yeah. That's how good The Rock is. That's what they're saying. The Rock can just turn his hand to anything. <laughs> he, can, he can be in Hollywood dominating that. And then he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and wrestle for a while as well. Do you follow his Twitter account? Yeah, do you I f- do. Do you find those kind of inspirational messages kind of annoying? No, I find them inspirational. Like, you know, I'm going to get up and, you know, eat a boots to ass, like, uh, smoothie. Yeah. And then go to boots to ass. <laughs> like, everything has a boots to ass thing. It's like, I don't know, I like that. That hashtag, boots to ass. Or boots to asses. Yeah. I, I know I'm into that. It inspires me. Oh, Does it really inspire you? Yeah. It inspires me. But in the same, but what about when Harry O will, uh, he often quotes, like, the Dalai Lama. Yeah, no. Nah, f- fuck, fuck Harry O and the Dalai Lama. <laughs> 
Give me the rock. There's no boots to ass hashtag. <laughs> I do like the rock more than I like Harry O or the Dalai Lama. Yeah. I've met the Dalai Lama and I've met the rock. And I can tell you I was more excited about that. I haven't met Harry O though. I haven't met Harry O. Harry o. Well, it could be a surprise. <laughs> Harry O could be the Stephen Bradbury of this analogy. And I'd be like, I like him the most. But Harry O lives in Australia and doesn't even follow me on Twitter. So fuck Harry O. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, no, I like The Rock. And when I met The Rock, it was like, it was, I think it was the most exciting like, thing that's ever happened in my life. How like, big, big is he? Like sometimes they inflate their heights and weights in the wrestling, but is he what, a good 6'3", six, 6'4"? Well, I reckon he was bigger than me. How so, tall are you, 6'2"? Nearly 6'3", so yeah. So like he was, I would say he was at least, yeah, sort of 6'4", 6'5". And he was big. Yeah. But the other thing about him is he shines. He shines like he's the golden child. <laughs> He shines like he's from another planet. It's just, and I don't mean in a sort of wrestling, he's oiled up way, just in a, he has this luminous presence that he carries with him. My heart started racing. <laughs> when I met him and he shook my hand, I literally could hear my own heart through my chest. I'm going I'm to die at the hands of the rock. Not, not a people's elbow, you know, nothing like that. A kind word or a handshake. Yeah, <laughs> and my heart is going to explode. That is just how good the rock is. I had a friend um, whose head used to shine. He, he, was, he, had a, he used to shave his head. And uh, whenever he took hard drugs, it would shine. <laughs> like, so if he drank or like, smoked weed or whatever, you wouldn't be able to tell. But I could always, and because he was one of those guys who would always try and conceal when he was on drugs, you know, like, you know, say you want something, he's like, no, 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 just, you know, whatever. But his head shining. But his head would shine. <laughs> his like head's glowing. It, it would get this sheen. It, would, it looked like, it looked like a, a like a, just a slow, if you had like an old gas lamp, you know, yeah. how you, you light it and then you slowly turn the gas and it just slowly kind of begins to illuminate. That's what would happen with his head. It would just slowly start to shine. Well, I guess that was the good news when he, if he was really high and he got home and he couldn't sleep, <laughs> he could actually read in bed by the light of his own head yeah. <laughs> like it's his own little nightlight in his noggin um, uh, so we are recording this before this gig will have happened but by the time this podcast goes up we will have done um, our first ever live podcast so how did it go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah should we speculate? should we do some time capsule? well yeah why not? okay alright Let's. we can make some predictions although making a time capsule prediction about something that we actually are involved in like isn't really a time capsule yeah, because right. we have we, the, can we can make these predictions I was like I bet we talk about this and then I'll just write that down and I'll make sure we talk about it it's not much of it. I'm like I'm yeah, a genius the way I predicted point. what I would do <laughs> <laughs> how about you talk about what your fears or expectations about the podcast are and then we can measure based on you know on what happens well it's funny because I was uh, I was thinking about it last night and I did have like a, a slight panic attack where I said, oh my God, like I have to actually get up in front of people and do this thing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was in my head, I was like, well, maybe I should actually just like bring something to the table. Why don't I actually bring something in, you know, so I'm not, not just there like a deer in the headlights. And in my head, I was like, oh, because this is only like the second time I've ever got up in front of like a, a comedy crowd yeah. since I did Raw 12 years ago. Why don't I bring in that routine I did? Oh, Oh, that's pretty good, that's actually. Real. And so I thought about it. I thought, yeah, it's funny because yeah. we could go through it like joke that's by right. joke. That's right. We can punch you guys it up. Could yeah. Critique me. But then I thought about it and I was like, but what if no one laughs? Like, what if I read it out and it's not like, you got, it's so bad, you guys can't even make fun of it. You know what I mean? Like, what if I read it out and it's like I've just read out, you know, instructions from a, you know, a Czech uh, instruction manual? <laughs> it's that kind of, you guys don't even know how to make jokes about it because it's that bad. 
Oh no, I think we'd always find a way to make fun of you. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like that would be a problem. Well, that's the other thing. Do I want to do I want to deliberately make fun of myself in front of like a group of people? Well, here's what I'm going to say, Charlie. You're going to get made fun of either way. So you might as well be the one who started it. That way you, you think then, then you have ownership of it. We can yeah, I guess. I can have ownership over, over you starting making fun of me as well though. I don't know that I need to bring that extra heat on myself. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. What if I mean I mean, here's the worst scenario. What if you did that set yeah. and everybody loved every joke and you realised you made a hideous mistake <laughs> by giving up stand-up comedy and you should just stuck at it and you'd probably be a massive star now. <laughs> That's a worst scenario. If it goes badly, you know you made the right decision. I mean, you probably get asked, though, when you've done interviews, um, oh, can you remember your first joke? What's the first joke you ever told? Or what's yeah. your first routine? Um, I can I I can't remember bit by bit what it was, and I, and I'm guessing this may be from the first gig. This was certainly stuff that was in my first few gigs. Like this is the first kind of material I remember having. Uh, two bits. Um, one was about um being on the dole because of course I was a comedian starting out. So right, well you know I was on the dole. Yeah, I was talking about being on the dole. And the, the I think ninety percent of my mates who got into comedy that was all was always about your yeah, housemate to smoke dope. And being on the doll. I loved it when Husey got really famous and really rich because he was he had the best doll material of anyone. In fact, his doll material was the material that that made him famous. But we were all just sitting around going, "What's he going to do now that he's living in a gold house in the clouds?" <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. It's like uh, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I'm trying to keep it real in my mansion, and so um, so I had this doll bit, and it was around the premise of. You know how I think in society we're so quick to judge people or group people like, you know, a refu- yes, this person's a boat person or this person's a you know, gay activist or this person's a lefty or a hippie or, or whatever or yeah. a right winger. Like we, we, we do it all the time to different things. Mm. Um, but if you know a person from the, that group, like, like I know people who are racist, like all oh, Asians are bad drivers, yet... They don't think their mate who is Asian is a bad driver because they know him. Yeah, yeah. he does. That's when he he doesn't count when I'm saying yeah, that yeah, thing, yeah. right? I'm talking about the other ones. Yeah, and I think that's the same with pretty much anything. So at the time there was a big anti-dole bludger thing, and I was saying that you know, but if you knew someone who was on the dole, you understood their individual circumstance, and there might be a, a great reason that they're you know taking that small amount of money for that small amount of time to for whatever needs. You know, yeah. so that was the premise of the bit. Yeah, but this was like actually the bit was. Um, uh, oh yeah, so there's been a lot of yeah, criticism of doll bludgers, um, but that's because we just don't personally know them, right? If you know someone, you empathize, empathize with them. Uh, so here's what I reckon they should do. Uh, they should take uh, a leaf out of World Vision and introduce a sponsor, a doll bludger program. Uh, you pay your taxes, you get a little picture of your doll bludger standing in line down there at Centrelink. It was called Centrelink. Uh, it's still and, called Centrelink, isn't it? Oh, no, sorry, it was the CES. That's what oh, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was the CES. That's what it was. So, yeah, you get a little picture of your doll bludger standing in line down the CES, and they send you a letter and tell you what's on Ricky Lake, which, again, dates <laughs> where the joke was from. <laughs> so there was that. That was like... That was your only one? That was... The, and the other... I had a bit about the TV show Gladiators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Really doesn't stand the test of time, does it? <laughs> it was about the travelator. At the start of the show, they would say, um, yeah. "Oh no, they take gladiators ready, contestants ready, gladiators ready." Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, this was the oh. warning at the start of the show that said, "Kids, do not try this at home." <laughs> 
And so my whole, the premise of my bit was like, yeah, because that's what I'm like every day at home, running up the travel ladder to my front steps. And then I had like going in the, I can't remember what that was, but that was the, <laughs> yeah. and on it goes. Hilarity and shoes. <laughs> Were you actually a doll bludger? Uh, I was on the doll. For how long? Uh, less than a year. But, um, you know, I, I was that back in the day. I was on the doll for about, I'd say about six months or a year. And, uh, but I think when I was on the dole, it's probably after you, probably about five years after you, mine was like, you know, mid 2000s or early 2000s. Yeah. And they had all these different requirements that you had to do to get the dole in terms of like keeping a diary and job interviews and stuff like that. Did you yeah. have to do that kind of shit? Yeah. Our requirement was you had to make up two jobs you'd applied for that week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And put it in a diary. <laughs> so we had the same yeah. line. Yeah. But mine one, I remember, um, Supermarkets. I was doing. I was doing. Supermarkets didn't take real like names of like. Yeah. So you, always, if you were in trouble for because you hadn't actually done one, it was always just a, a supermarket. Somewhere. I put Gemma's name down at least like you know probably at least fifteen times yeah. under different pseudonyms from different organisations. If this person calls, um, but uh, I remember when I first went on the doll, I was doing this play in Erskineville, and everyone in there was like a fucking unemployed actor. And um, this guy told me that, oh, you can go on the doll because he said, have you worked professionally as an actor to this point? I was like, yes. And he's gone, okay, well, there's a, a rule that says if you have worked professionally as an artist or an actor, that you don't actually have to look for work for the first 12 months. And I was like, well, brilliant, fucking money for nothing. And so I went in and, uh, you know, had my meeting and stuff and they were like, so, you know, here's your job diary. I'm like, no, 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 I won't be needing that. You know, I'm, a, I'm an actor who has worked and apparently, and they're like, oh, we don't have any system. And I'm like, no, it's there, it's there. And I don't know if it was through their apathy or just my powers of persuasions, but for like that first three or four months, I wasn't, I just kept telling people because I'm an actor, I don't have to look for a job. And they kept being like, but is that a real rule? I don't think it is. Right. I think this guy just told me. This guy told you a thing. And, and I just believed, believed it enough enough well, I believe that you convinced them. <laughs> The people who made the rules in the first place. Yes. I think it was because he said it to me with such confidence. It was yeah. like, it's a no-brainer. That I was like, yeah, it is a no-brainer. And then that attitude infected the people that sent the link. You may well be part Jedi. That's a genuine, these are not the droids you're looking for moment. I th- well, that's what conning's all about, isn't it? Confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, confidence to the point of just a lack of self-awareness, you know. I mean, I th- we have, may have told this story before about how I got conned by a guy at a video store. It's probably yeah. worth retelling, but... So I was um, working at the video store and in the local area, we would sign checks for people, like yep. local businesses. If they wanted um, cash, yep. they would bring a check. They would bring a cash. Czechoslovakian person in and <laughs> sign them. <laughs> Even if we've told this before, I'm going to try for new jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the jokes I would have told last time. So some of these might seem a bit weirder than usual. So this guy came in and uh, there was a shop down the road that's getting renovated. And he came in and said, oh, look, I've just bought the shop down the road. And um, I'm just wondering, i got to pay a builder. Could you just give me like 200 bucks in cash? I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, found out afterwards that he was a con man and he was going in waiting for a new person to start their shift and then he'd go in and do the same story and he got away with like about 1500 bucks or something like that. It's not a bad little con. But the reason that he was so believable is that he he just didn't see... Like the con was woven into everything else. Like the way he was chatting to me. Like he didn't come in saying looking for money straight away. He was talking about the posters and stuff and then... You know, we're chatting back and forth about where I'd gone to university and he knew someone who went to that university. So when the request for the money came out, it seemed so kind of like secondary to everything else that was going on. I didn't really think twice. That was the Jedi mind trick. You know what? I, I think I would quite like to be a con person. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think I would have the balls for it. But I, can't I don't be- think you would either. 
but I, I there is yeah in my head I kind of go that would be a fun thing to do. I wonder if you could just like if everything fell apart, which it may well at some stage. But you can't. Could I just go on the road and, and become like a you grifter, can't in your day to day life? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like I yeah, had definitely like I if have you had to, skills, if, if you had no choice, if I had to go on the lamb. If I had to go to another country... If you become like Lorenzo Lamas in Renegade. Yeah, exactly. You're riding a Harley, you got a leather vest on, no shirt, yeah. long hair. Your best friend's an Indian. <laughs> Native what was American. his name? Johnny Six Killer? Was Johnny, Six Killer. Johnny Six Killer! Johnny Six Killer. <laughs> yes. In this reboot, he's played by Taylor Lautner. <laughs> oh, did you see? I, I, I didn't read the whole article, but they're doing a, a twin sequel. And it's not. Yeah, the, it's, but that is, everyone, it's not our um, uh, Ashley and Mary Kate Olsen. <laughs> no. They're actually twins. It's triplets. Yeah, it's Eddie triplets. Murphy is the new addition. Well, people have put it on our Facebook page. I don't know if it's true. It seems so ridiculously stupid. Right. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back to do a comedy. I don't know. Is he still doing movies? He's back doing movies. Really? Yeah. Because now he's like not governor anymore. He's like, well, what's he going to do with his time? Fuck housemaids. <laughs> yeah, but he's got caught doing that so he's not allowed to do that he's got he's like um i was going to take some time off but uh, my fucking housemaid's time is out and my governor time is out i've got a lot of free time i know this is about six months you know too late but what is the deal with that like <laughs> that's just purely about guys just like to be able to have sex with people and it doesn't matter you know if they're attractive if they're unattractive if they're married to them if they're not like he just wanted to have sex with her because he could he essentially, I think, well, I don't know, maybe he loved her. But from what came out in the story, it seemed like she was just essentially um, a, f- a fleshlight with legs that could also dust. Like, see, I, I, she, she was just there. I could understand it. You know what I mean? Like, I can understand it as a man. Like, I think that if he's got to that position of kind of power and stuff, and he's probably used to having, like, women, you know, falling all over him. Yeah. So why wouldn't he? Well, that's well because he's because he's got a wife. But knowing that, and when you have a wife, you're not meant to fuck the man. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, but the fact is, he did, and there's lots of guys who do that. Those guys make it so hard for guys like us to, <laughs> to convince our mates. girlfriends. No, <laughs> to convince our girlfriends to let us have mates. Well, how do you, how can you possibly say um, to your partner, "Yeah, look, I love you, and I love you forever." But then if all of a sudden you could have sex with any woman in the world and they made it really like opportune and could keep it secret, then how could you not? Like it would be hard. Well, you know what you do, I would have thought, is you don't, you know, you don't have anything convenient. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I think... That's right, because she was in the house all the time. Yeah, because I think that even... If, because know, the, the, if the, someone, the urge to wank can come at yeah. very odd moments. Like literally... He could have just come home from a game of tennis or whatever. He's made an orange juice. And he's like, you know what? I think I could blow a load. Yeah. And then rather than just get his hand out, he, he sees her like dusting the shelf. Yeah. Well, he's like, she's going to have to clean it up afterwards anyway. So she might as well <laughs> do the whole job. <laughs> so you're right. It's the convenience of having... Yeah. Because if he'd had to get in a car and drive to her house to have the affair, yeah. by the, he'd be halfway there going, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he's ridiculous. got time to back out of it. Yeah. Because she's in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. That's why, you know, that, that It whole... is amazing that the common sense will prevail once you've, like, come. Like, you know, the, oh. the, it's amazing the clarity you get. 
Like, I, I know when I was single, if I was unsure about whether or not I actually wanted to catch up with, the, with a girl, yeah. I'd have a quick shuffle, yeah. <laughs> quick, quick knuckle shuffle. And if I still felt like I wanted to see it, then I'd yeah. okay, cool, there's something worth pursuing. Yeah. It's amazing what it does. It, it's the Come one, clouds the brain. It's the one time uh, that you really understand that we are still very much animals and, and guided by, you know, things that are beyond our control is that moment because you do literally you are a completely different person one second to the other the yep. way you're thinking about everything yep. and that's not because you're a bad person or because you're a devious person it's literally a physical thing that you just go where did that come from yeah. almost right and and then you have that immense clarity of mind straight afterwards <laughs> where you're like oh no I understand every, you suddenly see through the fucking matrix yeah. and you know where everything is and what place it should be and you you, you 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 even see into the future of all the bad repercussions whatever you were about to yeah. do would have had yeah. like you literally get that ability yeah. and that's why Charlie I think that men should be able to masturbate on quiz shows <laughs> because sometimes when you're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and your, your brain gets a bit foggy <laughs> before you lock it in you know, you might have to knock one off. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> There's one of your five options. You'd like to phone a friend or knock the top off. Yeah. <laughs> knock the top, thanks. Thanks, Or, or you go, or they don't, they don't bring it in, but you just know that's how you think and you think, well, I'm on the million-dollar question. Like, you know, am I going to, what, what do I do? And Eddie's like, would you like to phone a friend? And he goes, yes. <laughs> and they phone the friend and the friend just talks dirty yeah. to you. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's you be right though. Like before every yeah. significant decision you make in your life, you should have a wank beforehand because you'll never get the yeah. that same level of clarity. It would be awkward at the church when they say Do you know Charlie Clawson. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, sex, sexy things. Yes. Um, so uh, we were talking about the podcast and. Uh, uh, so I've been hanging out with Greg and Dave a bit. Uh, yeah, Greg's been doing his clown from the neck down show at the Co- Melbourne Comedy Festival. It's going really, really well. Dave tweeted something about um, stopping a like getting to almost get into a fight. Um, did you see that? No. Yeah, he said that uh, he almost got into. A, I don't know how much he was like playing it up, but he almost got into a street fight from, with some bogan who was getting rapey. <laughs> and what I couldn't work out was the bogan trying to rape him, yeah, or, or just rapey in general. Yeah, just rapey in general. Yeah, probably just generally rapey. <laughs> Welcome to Melbourne. Yeah. Our bogan, where the bogans are rapey. <laughs> um, so I was hanging out uh, with them the other night, and uh, we were at a place called The Toff, which is um, in Swanson Street in the city. There's a great Monday night show called The Shelf that Justin Hamilton, a friend of the show, uh, um, runs, and it's, it's an amazing night of entertainment. Like, it was literally one of the best gigs I've ever been involved with. Uh, but... So we've gone next door because it's up, you know, it's that, that beautiful, you know, bars up there and it's it's a really nice place to have a drink and stuff. So we've gone next door into this booth and one of the guys from the venue, so in the, in the middle of the room, if you can imagine, there's like three booths on one side and three booths on the other side and you can pull across. These are all like confessional yeah, doors, yeah. Exactly. They're awesome. Sort of have yeah. privacy, right? Yeah. But it's not like completely private. No, you can, it's like lattice work. You can yeah. still see Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's exactly right. So... So it has, yeah, you know, it's kind of faux privacy. So the guy from the bar has uh, come up and tapped me on the shoulder. And he's like, come and have a look at this. And he's taken me on a lap around. And in the end booth, 
um, this guy is going down on his girlfriend. No shit. Yeah, just at a bar on a Monday night. Wow. 11 o'clock on a Monday night in Melbourne, a guy is going down on his girlfriend in a bar, in a crowded bar. Wow. In a barely he went, he disguised went, booth. He went to the top to get off. <laughs> um, so, uh, how was it? Was there a crowd, or did only just you and the waiter? No, I, the I, yeah, obviously the boss had like clocked it, clocked it, and then he's obviously thought it'd be funny to show me. Wow. He's like, Will will be the person in this room who will appreciate the most, and he was right. <laughs> so then I started, I started. So, where was, was she sitting, and he was down on his knees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, wow, fucking hell, yeah. It's not, I mean, I've been to that bar, it's not that private. Here's my favorite bit of it she wasn't really into it, like, well, from the look on her face, anyway. Oh, like, maybe she's a prostitute. Because it seems like the kind yeah, of thing. So. Oh, it's like a. It's my thing. Hey, it's a, yeah, yeah right. I like to go down on girls and, and where there's a chance we could get caught. You know what? Maybe that is. Did she look is. like a prostitute? Well. <laughs> Did she look like Julia Roberts? <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> no, I, don't, I mean, I think she would have been a. You would have been paying a decent amount for the. Okay. You know, for the service. Yeah. But she could have been a prostitute. Was he attractive? You can see. Just I can see the back, back of his head. <laughs> He was on his knees. Because if he was like an ugly dude, then yeah. that gives my theory more credence. They seem to be about the same age. Oh, like, right. I would have thought they were age appropriate. Okay. Well, maybe not. Because mm. young guys don't pay for sex. <laughs> well, they're both, no, I would have said they were both sort of in their sort of mid-20s to mid-30s. Bit yeah. hard to tell, but somewhere in that zone. So, uh, how long did you watch for? No, well, I did. So, I did the lap with the, the boss of the place. And then um, I took Justin back for a lap. <laughs> And then I gathered quite a crowd for the next lap. But by the time we all got back, that, that stopped. All oh, right. Yeah. Did they know, you reckon? Oh, I reckon by the third time I took it, people around <laughs> cheering and applauding and high-fiving outside their room, I reckon no, no, no. they thought maybe someone had cottoned on. Last year, after the grand final, we are around at um, our mate Tim's place. And uh, he's got this really sweet pad with like a, uh, his bedroom's in a loft, like the top of a loft. And I was up there and I noticed like something happening across at the neighbours, which is about, you know, 50 metres away, but it's like this two-storey kind of apartment building. And uh, it was this couple who, I I thought, well, okay, they're about to have sex. And sure enough, they started to have sex. I was so excited that I went downstairs and rallied up like everyone who was at the house, like 30 people. I was like, quick, everybody, you better come see this. And went running back. <clears throat> and everyone was very like kind of curious but within 30 seconds you realized oh my god like sex can be kind of boring and embarrassing and not that much fun to watch oh particularly when it's the amateurs but this like, is the i thing. mean you've seen a fair bit of professional sex on the internet but i like amateur stuff on the internet yeah. more than the professional stuff. but that's amateur stuff that's not like even when it's amateur, it just means that they're people who aren't professional porn stars. They've put some work and effort into it because they know that somebody's watching them having sex. Yeah, you're right. Whereas, That's a good point. Whereas essentially, you've gone, I really like footy. And then you see two people just having a kick of the footy. Yeah. And yeah, you're like, like, oh. I don't like well, that. Is, oh, that was well, yeah, that was kind of... Not, that's a fairly apt analogy <laughs> because there was no kind of beginning, middle and end. It was literally like when I got up there, they were sort of making out in the bed yeah. and then she took off her, her pants and she kind of started straddling him. But I couldn't work out, like she just was, she was, there was, so, there was this minor movement, like there's a little rocking motion and that's when I called everyone up, say, oh, look, they're having sex. And then there was some dispute about, no, they're not having sex. And I'm like, well, why did she take her pants off? And he's kind of naked in the bed and blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, that's probably irrelevant to the story. <laughs> that little no, no. side note argument. We promised people a few weeks ago we'd read a Penthouse forum letter. <laughs> we never did that. This is as good as they're going to get. This is close enough. So uh, the girl... Start the story again, but say, I never thought this would, <laughs> this would happen. happen to me. Yeah. So then the girl gets off the dude and she goes to put her pants back on mm-hmm. and looks like it's over. And then he does something which I think looks like... By this stage, by the way, I'm the only one watching downstairs <laughs> and I'm there fucking taking notes. The guy reaches over to the bedside table and sort of taps it and she stops and takes her pants back off and then gets back on him again. Now, I think maybe she was a lady of the night and that his time was up or, you know, she'd only, you know, agreed to do, go to a certain level and then he just sort of slapped something down the bedside table. Or this makes any girl have sex with you. Uh, I think uh, there's a third option. If I was going to go all uh, CSI on you and try to yeah. pick it apart, I would say that perhaps... Maybe they weren't having sex at the start. Maybe they were like, you know, sort of... Canoodling. Canoodling. And then she's gone, nah, I can't do it. I'm not on the pill or whatever. And he's like, no, I've got a condom here. I'm a... And he puts a condom uh, on. Ah. Yeah, right. That is a good third theory. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. it was dull. It was dull. I didn't even I, I didn't even stick around to the end because it was just like, oh, man, these guys are so boring. Like, put some effort into but it. But also... But the, they had all the lights on. They're in a two-story... Yeah. Apart, like a house, two-story house, all glass windows, and they know that like they're facing their neighbours, and had all the lights on. Well, maybe they're into that. Maybe that's their thing. Yeah, maybe. Well, if you're gonna get people to watch, though, like do, do a something. good job. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing with real sex as well is that there's not as much. Um, like, I guess that you know when they make pornography and whatever. That they film it from angles and stuff to make it look more exciting and to look make it look like there's more in and out and mm. stuff like that. But when in real life, like there's in and out that doesn't really like it's not like sometimes in porn movies, like one of them's on the other side of the room to the other one, and they just sort of like going in and out. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> what the is this? <laughs> but but real sex is just a bit more like two people just rubbing up against each other. Well, you know what the real real sex ha- well. It, there's been, it's kind of merged, I reckon, in the last 10 years. But pornography is like... Like, if you see, like, a typical sex scene in a porno, it's almost like a um, like a, uh, a teaser for the Kama Sutra. Oh, yeah. It's like, we're going to give you five minutes of each uh, of each flavour. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Five, but I don't think normal sex works like that because there's something that you like and there's something that your partner likes and you sort of, you know, you'll give and take. and But you're not going to go into 48 different fucking manoeuvres for the sake of experimentation. Maybe you do that over a long period of time. But I think when you, you know... When you just really want to get off, you're like, well, I, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going, oh, like, you, you save that shit for holidays. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, you know, romantic occasions. Yes, it's a romantic Anniversaries, yeah. holidays, time yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> you woke up, you had Bloody Marys. Once the hypnols <laughs> kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. Mm. That's, of course. Um, uh so I uh, brought in something. I brought in a couple of articles today. Well, you didn't bring it in because we're in your hotel room. Okay, well, I brought, I brought them into my hotel room from the paper shop where I bought the papers. So, actually, I'll go with this one first. My parents owned a paper shop until it blew away. Oh, is that one of your jokes that you're going to do at the podcast? Because I predict we will have no trouble making fun of you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably saw this story, but it's just worth uh, going over. The headline, of course, is uh, Holy Caped Crusader, is that a bat? 
Uh, it's from Washington. And uh, the story starts like this. Police pulled a man over on uh, Route Route 29 in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. 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 Oh, Maryland, I think. Maryland. Yeah. Maryland. I think that's in Maryland. Okay, cool. Uh, Maryland. No, Maryland. Maryland. Where do you live, boy? Maryland. In some sort of Maryland. <laughs> you ain't from around here. You're from Maryland. And you got a pretty... <laughs> <laughs> um... So, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter where it is. Uh, last week, because of a problem with his plates. Yeah. Do, do you know what the problem with his plates was? That symbol. Yeah. Uh, this would not ordinarily make international news, but the car was a black Lamborghini. The number plate was the Batman symbol, and the driver was Batman, dressed head to toe in his full superhero uniform. I mean, that I love already. Yeah. Like, if you're rich enough... To own a bat suit and a Lamborghini, then why are you not Batman? Batman, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, wasting our time. Of course, you're fucking doing that. You should you owe it? Yeah, exactly. You're not paying anything in tax. I honestly had someone argue with me the other day. They said, "I said it's brilliant because he's just being Batman." No, but he was doing it for a reason, right? Yeah, I will yeah. get to that. But and and I was like, but the other thing about it is that Batman is just a rich guy with a cool car yeah. who dresses up like Batman. Yeah, he's the one superhero. That you literally can emulate, like uh, to be. I mean, not the only one. Yeah, I think well, you probably. Punisher. <laughs> yeah, but don't. But don't. Please no, don't. Yeah, please don't. But this is my point: is that like you know, to be Spider-Man, you've got to go and like hope that you're bitten by a radioactive spider, yeah. or to you know, it be Daredevil, you've got to have some you know, blinding accident. And, you know, <laughs> always involves some tragedy. Yeah, there's some tra- like that's got to happen though. Yeah. You know. You, you, you don't just one day like go through puberty and then you're the Hulk. Yeah. Like, shit has to go wrong. Yeah. Right? So, but Batman is just he essentially... took it on himself. A rich guy who dresses up like a bat and fights crime. Yeah. So he's the one you can have a crack at. Already. Well, it's like the Penguin says in Tim Burton's uh, uh, Batman Returns. He says to Batman, you're jealous because I'm a real freak and you have to wear a mask. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. Uh, Jokers soon emerged. Well done, author of this, the Washington Post. No one's put their name to it at the Washington Post. It's just come out under Washington Post. Jokers soon emerged. Let him do his job, one wrote. Batman has expensive taste, said another. That makes no sense at all. all. Because a Lamborghini is heaps less expensive than the real Batmobile would be. Yeah, and Bruce Bruce Wayne's Wayne's a a fucking billionaire. billionaire, That billionaire. Has anyone said that billionaire has expensive taste? Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, others had questions such as did they make him take off his mask no they didn't they didn't no that's interesting I thought that would be like the first thing they'd say yeah I assume so lower your cow sir yeah (laughs) but they let him keep it on maybe his ID has him in the mask have you ever heard the word cow in any other context besides Batman uh Australian actor Brendan Cowell. <laughs> Touche. Uh, okay, so they didn't make him take off his mask. Even uh, Montgomery County Police honour a superhero code of conduct, just like Howard County officers who once helped him with a flat bat tyre. Uh, Batman told officials his real name was not Bruce Wayne, but Lenny B. Robinson. And he's, Lenny B. Yeah. Speaking words of wisdom, Lenny, Lenny B. B. That was his original identity. <laughs> yeah. That's why he had to start dressing as the bat. And his real plates were in the car. 
Um, Batman is a businessman from Baltimore County who visits six... six How come you said Batman is a businessman? <laughs> Why didn't you say Batman is a businessman? Why did you... Yeah, it's a good point, actually. <laughs> if I was Jay-Z, that's what I would have said. Batman is a businessman. Business so let him handle his business. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> said one joker, Jay-Z <laughs> of NYC. <laughs> Uh, okay, yep. Yeah. So anyway, he, he visits sick children in hospitals, handing yeah. out Batman paraphernalia to up-and-coming superheroes who first need to beat cancer and other diseases. Does it say anything about um, like Warner Brothers endorsing it or DC? I mean, are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to go out and like just like Batman and hand out Batman toys? Yep. What Why if not? he got caught with a hooker in the bat suit? Well, I mean... <laughs> What? There was just so many attachments I would imagine he would have on his utility belt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be handy in that situation. Holy flashlight, Batman! <laughs> um, no, but I mean, they, they would have uh, uh, an interest in protecting their brand, both Warner mm. Brothers and uh, DC. Well, if this guy's getting publicity for being Batman, surely someone's going to have to have a word to him. Yeah, but here's what he's getting publicity for. Helping sick children in hospital. Not fucking a prostitute in an alleyway. Yeah. So I reckon when that, when that scenario that, arises... But having said that, if he's paid for the costume, yeah. he owns it. He owns the costume. And it's so they've given away the rights by selling the available. costume. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Come get us. Why, why are you trying to stop this guy from helping sick kids? Another news today, Will Anderson <laughs> and his friend Charlie Clawson arrested in Batman suits fucking <laughs> prostitutes in an alleyway. <laughs> in a statement to police, they said, Fuck you, Warner Brothers. You can't do shit. We own these suits. I, I do. The like, lawyers have asked for the death penalty. <laughs> I do wonder with this Batman, and it doesn't say um, <clears throat> it doesn't say in this story, but whether he does the voice, because you're a kid. I hope you get over cancer. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's probably going to be life is for a living. Yeah, Molly isn't here today. Where is she? <laughs> Anyway, that was good, but I, I brought in another article as well. Yeah. Is it also superhero-related? No. Oh. No, it's just related to something that we've talked about on this show before, and I just <laughs> thought there was a couple of crackers here that you might enjoy. All right. Uh, it's uh, it's, oh, a, it's yes. a page from I the Herald Sun. I what it is. I'm so happy. This is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. It's a page from the Herald Sun, uh, Lee Patch's uh, movies. Yes. His guide. Um, now, uh, I've got uh, there's three movies here. And I'm going to get you to see if you can guess yeah. what the, the tagline was. Okay. Uh, now, the first one is uh, for the uh, movie The Lorax. Have you seen The Lorax? No, but it's that Dr. Zeus. You've read the right? book. Cartoon. Yeah. yeah. And he's actually done the review uh, like as Dr. a Dr. Zeus. Zeus. Do you want me to read a little bit of it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because yeah. okay. that might help me figure out what... All right, yeah, cool. There's this movie The Lorax, and I think you should know, old Doc Seuss would loathe it. He just wouldn't go. When Seuss wrote The Lorax, t'was a swift impact read, an eco-friendly message, and some biz about needs. But the movie, the movie, well, what can I say? If it ran just ten minutes, it would still waste your day. Fucking hell, this is scathing. Look, there is good stuff in there, and of course there should be. The love for our planet and its truffler trees. But the movie, the movie, it often goes slack. Too much loud, brash cartooning, voiced by Efron. Brackets, the Zack. That's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, for what little goes right, there's so much going wrong. 
many preachy montages and the odd cheesy song. <laughs> when the story departs from the doc's famous scribbles, all enjoyment dies down from a rush to a dribble. It won't take a curmudgeon to become rightly miffed by so much time devoted to Taylor, brackets the Swift. Sure, there'll be some who say, well, it's great for the kids, but in a world where there's Pixar, such thoughts hit the skids. And the Lorax himself, he's an upstanding guy. If the Earth can be saved, he'll do more than just try. But his warnings of danger to our air, sea and land are smothered and drowned out by antics so bland. So who should attend? Let me put it nicer. Nicer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck happened there? So who should attend? Uh, let me put it nice, nicer. It's a maybe. It's a maybe for oncelers, and a no go for twicelers. Okay. Yeah. He's Is just, that a Zeusy thing? Yeah. Right. Okay. It, uh, there's the one. There's the the oncelers are the the characters in the. So he's obviously he lost me there. But yeah. I'm not a I'm not a Zeus aficionado. So oh, the movie, the movie. It's not much of a show. Old Doc Seuss would loathe it. He just wouldn't go. Yeah, right. Yeah. So... What's his one-line review? Shit. Can you give me a hint? It's four words. words. Fuck this film. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to say, it's fuck this film, full stop, shit, full stop. that you counted that on your fingers and still <laughs> came up short, which I loved. Um, okay, uh, I'll give you a little bit. It starts with the word no. <clears throat> no, uh, so, so no need for it. Something, is it a doctor pun or a Lorax pun? It's a, um, uh, it, the fact that it's a poem. Okay. Well, well is a clue. Okay. Um, so something like there's no rhyme or reason or something like that. Charlie or, Clawson. Oh. No reason, just rhyme. Aye! Aye! High five. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, all right. Next. <laughs> That's the distinctive toe-fop high-five sound that can only be made by my big hands and your tiny stubby fingers. <laughs> Distinct trademark. Uh, okay, um... Look, uh, I'm going to skip past, even though it's next on the page, uh, the review for um, Mirror Mirror, which is the you know the new Snow uh, White, yeah, yeah, because I think that's that's my favourite of the three. Okay, so, so bring, let's save the best for last. Yeah, we'll save the best for last. Uh, now, this next uh, movie is um, a dangerous method, which is the new David Cronenberg film. Yep, stars. starring Viggo Mortensen and Michael the Cock Fassbender, correct, and Kira Knightley. Yep. Uh, as Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud. Yes, correct. And is Freud... Oh, Jung is having an affair with a young Russian woman, is that right? Yes. Is it based on a true story or is it like a fantasy revisionist history? Uh, they got Michael Fassbender to play him because he's well Jung. <laughs> Come on, I'm here all week. <laughs> well Jung. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. I'm trying not to laugh, but it's actually pretty good. I'm actually gutted, I didn't think of it. <laughs> And I'm actually gutted that Patch didn't think of it as his fucking tagline. <laughs> I don't know. If at, least, at least Fassman is well young. I'm not, I'm not sure. Under his uh, childhood Lorax poem, he would be doing Michael Fassman. has got an awesomely big cock material. <laughs> but sure. Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll give you the headline. Because okay. that'll, that'll give you a little bit of a... I'm interested to see what he thinks of this film. Because I think it looks dope. Uh, well, he gave it three stars. Oh, it's not so good. Uh, and well, he gave the Lorax... What do you think of a three star review? 
I, I'd probably, if I was interested in it, I'd go and see the That's film if it's a three-star review. Yeah. yeah. That says to me, I will like enough of it if I'm already bought into the, the concept of it, but it wouldn't sell me on something that I, that I didn't want to see. Yeah, fuck, I just spilled beer on your floor. Oh, whatever. Did you see? Did you not see the gaffer tape that's holding the stairs together outside this room? Yeah. Like, I don't want to bitch about this hotel while I'm still taking this hotel because they, they, they might stuff. all be listeners. But the fact that you have just spilt Crown Lager on the floor now added value to this room <laughs> because at least if you pass out on the floor, you might be able to lick some beer out I of the carpet. I guarantee it's not the first liquid to have been expunged onto this carpet. Oh, you would not want to put a CSI blue light in this room, and I mean that's just from when I've been here. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Shrink's feud is uh, Freud with danger. So he's done a pun in the headline, yeah. too. No, this Shrink's is feud. Well, the, the, the headlines have puns as well. This is, okay, the one for the, the Lorax, Lorax was... Pun? Every, every... <laughs> I just knocked over another beer. Okay. I've knocked over two. The value of this room has doubled in the last Shit. minute and a half. Sorry. Okay, keep going. Uh, every which way but Seuss. Oh, that's awesome. Fuck, that's a good one. Yep. All right. So that's a headline, Every Which Way But Seuss. I didn't realise he topped and tailed the puns. Not always. Right. So, um, Shrink's feud is uh, Freud with a danger. Amazing. What uh, do you think the tagline was? Oh, can you tell me if you liked it or disliked it? Well, three stars. So my middle. It doesn't, it, to just, be honest, just read, read a bit of it. Just read me a passage or give me the, the cliff notes just so I can get a sense of... Because if he's bagging out a certain actor or something, that might be... Okay, right. all right, sure. Yeah. An undeniably fascinating and achingly formal period drama. A dangerous method uh, transports the viewer to a crucial crossroads in the evolution of modern psychoanalysis. Right. Uh, most of you probably nodded it off during that opening paragraph. Go and get a coffee and I'll wait for you below. Is this you or him? <laughs> no, no that's, that's, that's what he said. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, there's due to be a head-on collision between two famous founding fathers of therapy for the mind, but being the early 1900s and all, it's going to take yonks to happen. The cars didn't go that fast back then, remember? Let's not read more of it. Skip that. Okay, so it's a middling review. He admired it but didn't think it was 100% successful. Correct. There's a pun in it. There's There's a pun pun related to one of the actors? No. Is it related to psychoanalysis? To one of the psychiatrists. Okay, so it'd be Freud. So it's something along the lines of um, this film's a real motherfucker. <laughs> Some people at the Herald Sun office are like, Lee seems to be losing his touch with the buns. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, uh, uh, okay. Um, this, I'll, film, I'll this film is. Certainly Freud and Furious. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. Uh, no, it's the other... Oh, uh, Jung. Okay. Yep. Um, this film is extremely well Jung. <laughs> uh, a middling film about the Jung and the Restless. Charlie. No. The Jung and the Restless. No shit! Yes! Fuck me! I fuck. <laughs> All right. Good. Well wow, that's amazing. Uh, well, you know what? Me and Lee Patch. Yeah. You, you get it wrong. You get it wrong a few times. So essentially, this podcast is like an episode of House. Yeah, you get it wrong a few, and then you're like, "Oh, I nailed it!" All right, the final one, the last but uh, definitely not least, uh, kids classic gets new life. Um, okay, so he's given it three stars as well. Which is this one? Uh, this is the snow, mirror, 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 mirror. Right. Yeah. This is the Snow White one or Mirror Squared, With starring Julia Roberts and Lily Collins. 
How could a guy's ugliest Phil Collins have produced a daughter as beautiful as Lily Collins? Uh, is that his daughter? Lily Collins. No. I don't know if she's his daughter or not. I think she's his daughter. Yeah, definitely. Well, her last name's Collins, and that's a pretty unusual name, so... Have you seen her? No. She's really... You'd dig her. She's okay. totally up your... She's like raven head, pale skin, like... Okay. Doesn't like you. <laughs> Hates comedy. <laughs> you'd dig her. <laughs> yeah, you're hot and you don't like me. You're everything I look for in a woman. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he, he loved it, right? Uh, so it's meant to be pretty shit. An uneven but effective enough children's flick. This one, what saves the day is the classic source material, a bedtime story bestseller entitled Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, written by two German blokes called Grimm. Might have a future this pair. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's yeah. kind of how it. <clears throat> and he doesn't like it. how many stars? Two. He uh, has given it three stars. That's not bad. So he's been in the same league as the other one, the young one. Yeah. Um, okay, so is the pun to do with Cinderella? Is that the, is that the Cinderella's the... Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've got to be honest with you. If the pun had to do with Cinderella, I would think that Lee's losing his touch. Uh, uh, like your old, uh, I hate this film shit. Um, you won't... Uh, this dopey film is no white knight. Okay. I'm going gi- to give you a, a bit more information. Okay. Um, the reason I think this one's the best one is it's a two-parter. Okay. He's really done two different puns. So the first half of the sentence uh, concentrates on the mirror. Yeah. And then the second half of the sentence has a play on uh, the title character's name. Okay, something about white mirror. Something about a crack in the mirror. Crack. This filmmaker was on crack. <laughs> white snow. Snow is a pseudonym for no, cocaine. <laughs> you put cocaine on a mirror. Let's all do a line of coke. Is it something like that? Am I getting close? <laughs> no, mirror. Mirror, mirror, no, no. white, mirror, snow. Mirror, snow. snow. Snow's good. Mirror, snow. Um, there's, there's something about a blizzard. Fuck, this is hard. Mirror. Objects in the rearview mirror <laughs> may appear snowier than they are. Oh, no, you're going to... I don't know. Okay. Upon reflection, uh, there's no business like snow, snow business. business. Fucking leap. Hatch. Yeah. Clap it in. He is brilliant, man. Like... <laughs> Because we make fun of him, but I actually do have a lot. Of, I mean, he's done this for almost like what ten years now. He's been reviewing. And I remember fun. when he started out. Like he used to be a reviewer for In Press. He used mm. to write reviews, and I remember reading his reviews, going, oh, "This guy's really funny." Like yeah. he, back then, he was much nastier. He had like a bit more of a "fuck you" yeah. kind of attitude. But now, you know, he's writes for a mainstream mag. But he's found a new way to kind of keep me interested. And also, I imagine keep him interested in writing about films he's not interested in writing about. Yeah. Like he sits That's down. That's a challenge, isn't it? He's, he's gone, I'm never going to be Margaret and David, but I can fucking belt out a Lorax poem as a review, and people enjoy that. But he's their head film reviewer. Yeah. Like he's their head guy. Which means basically, I imagine, I mean, I don't know. I reviewed films for a while. Was it, was it great? Yeah, it was. It was awesome. But there was definitely like a hierarchy. There's a, a certain reviewer. <laughs> Probably shouldn't go <laughs> that we've spoken, yeah. Have we spoken about Yeah, that? we've spoken about this before. Okay. Um, oh, we've spoken about it in private. I don't think we've spoken about it on the podcast before. But it doesn't matter. Let's, people, at the moment, in the merchandise? 
this what yeah, we're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've, talk, we've talked about that on the podcast. Okay. Well, anyway. So Twice. this guy. <laughs> there was this hierarchy when you went to... Because they, they had special screenings for media. Yeah. So it's normally at like 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning or something like that. So... Uh, that's the first problem is because I quite like to get stoned before I see a film. Yeah. Any film. It just yeah. makes it better. Makes the film better. But um, The filmmakers of... should want you to do that. <laughs> You're much more likely to give them a good review. You're like, I didn't see much of the film, but the popcorn was, was delicious. Excellent. Did you know if you put M&Ms and popcorn together? Oh, so Amazing. tasty. <laughs> um, but there's this, uh, but yeah, so Jim would turn up and he would be... And by the way, you know how bad the film is based on how well they treat you at a screening. Yeah. Ex- when, when I went and saw Russell Brand's uh, Arthur, Arthur at a screening... We went to uh, Gold Class at uh, the on Chapel Street. Uh, the movies there, and we were in their screening room. And they said, "Oh no, you can order anything off the Gold anything. Class. Anything, anything." And they so they literally we had pizza wow. and then we had like chips and stuff. And then we drank that. And it was like ten, I know. I was like, "This movie must be so horrible." <laughs> <laughs> like they're giving us like a hundred dollars worth of food each and some vouchers to the pancake parlor. I never got any shit like that, but yeah, there were there, there was a certain kind of hierarchy to the reviewers because I was only I was writing for a street mag. I was yeah. writing for Inpress at the time. And um, if you were writing for one of the main in you know, the broadsheet or the tabloid, then you were kind of King Kong and then every other bloggers came in like a kind of very distant second and then yeah. I, and a street street press came in the very very last. But um it's a good way to see films for free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, there is. Sometimes I wonder if but I. But you hate films. Why did? Why would you wonder if that's the best job in the world? You'd hate that. I mean, I don't think it'd be ideal for me. But I like going to the movies. But you don't like movies. No. You like going to. That's the how little I like movies. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm like a person who hates football but goes to the MCG because I just like being in a crowd and you know eating a pie it is kind of funny because we have talked about how I don't really enjoy comedy <laughs> you don't really enjoy movies no I don't really enjoy comedy and that's the secret of this odd couple success we tolerate each other's professions yeah. if this was actually a real radio show like at a commercial like radio network that would be the way uh, they were pitching the, the, it to people yeah yeah one, one guy <laughs> Hates film, the other guy hates comedy. One's a comedian, one's a film worker. What's his facts fly? Yeah. After two weeks, every listener's like, all they do is talk about Batman. Yeah. <laughs> they both seem like Batman and football. <laughs> Why didn't they concentrate more in the marketing about the things they have in common that they'll talk about? <laughs> I, uh, I love going to the movies. I just think the quad... If I could go to the movies... I was just telling you before, I just watched the final series of, like that. well, not the final, the, the most recent series of Sherlock yeah. again for the, I reckon it's the fifth time I've seen the final episode. It's a good show. It's unreal. It just looks so great. It's so well written. It's, it's beautiful. I just love it. If, you know, if, he's, in the, he's in the new Star Trek, Sherlock. Yes. Benedict Cumberbatch. Come on. Come on, my bum. <laughs> he would have had such a hard time at school. I'm Why didn't they call him fucking Benedict then? If your surname is Cummerbunch. Well, you're trying to you can't What's his name? you're trying to distract from Cummerbunch. If you last <laughs> Cumberpatch. No, it's you, What's his name? Yeah, Bernadict. Cum- <laughs> Benedict Cummerbunch. It's That's <laughs> not Benedict Cummerbunch. It's Benedict Cumplepatch. <laughs> I'm it's sure Cumberbatch. I'm sure he has like it's a... Benedict Cumberbunch. It's not Cumberbunch. <laughs> That's why they had to call him Benedict to distract people. <laughs> Fact that his name was a literal translation of what it meant to come a bunch. <laughs> he would come all the time. That's you know the bakers were called bakers because they baked. Yeah. And he 
came a bunch. So yeah, they like, come a bunch. Pussy galore. Benedict, yeah. Benedict Cumberbunch. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna. I'll look Are you gonna Google it? I'll look at the day today. Benedict Cumberpatch. <laughs> it's, I'm pretty sure it's Cumberpatch. It's like you're doing a vocal exercise. <laughs> Benedict. The arsonist had webbed toes. Um, Benedict. Cumberbatch. I told you, motherfucker! What was I saying? Not that! I was saying cum, cumber, Cumberpatch. What did I say? We need to go to the fucking video umpire. Benedict cum... <laughs> you cum- can't even say and you're looking right at it. Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumper or cumber? Cumber. patch. Cumber batch. That is cumber bunch. <laughs> it is pretty much cumber bunch. They changed it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, now he's good. He's really good. I'll tell you who is unreal. He's kind of ugly too. Don't you reckon? He looks like a... Otter. He, oh, there's that tumble Facebook. I'll put it on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he is so good as Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Like in this scene, it's just absolutely amazing. He, he nails the character. But I'll tell you who is off the hook. Fucking... Martin. Tim from the office <laughs> fucking nails the shit out of that like well you know the good thing about the new Sherlock because we've talked about Sherlock before because my first exposure was the Robert Downey Jr. film I'd never really been into Sherlock Holmes obviously no, and that won't help you be into Sherlock Holmes no I watched the first 10 minutes and turned it off because yep. it was so bad but uh, watching that show is you obviously it's like a contemporized version but you can understand why the character has been so popular and why it's so interesting and has endured for so long only but that's maybe I'm one of these ADD fucking kids who kid 35 year old kid but they needed to make a show like that so I could understand what the appeal of the character was I understand I I think that's totally right and they've done such a great job they do this visual technique where they'll show what he's seeing and it it's fascinating and but the characters are so hilarious and the dialogue is uh, I'm obviously a big fan of it but my point being that if if you could if you told me that tomorrow I could go to gold class at Hoyt's and watch the final, the final episode of Sherlock again, I would fucking line up for that every day. Yeah. It's just that when I go to the That's movies to see movies, they always fucking disappoint maybe, maybe they'll do that, though. That's actually not fucking crazy because TV shows are getting so good now and they're having, like, screening parties, yeah. you know. You could probably, like, work out a deal with a cinema. To, I mean, because technology is getting so good, you could probably stream it live into a theatre. You could sell out gold class to, what you know, the opening se- season of Boardwalk Empire or something like that. I'd totally. fucking go. Like, yeah, run it as a... Particularly if it's that sort of thing that's a bit self-contained and you can show it all in one night. Or, yeah. Or, like, you know, just put, sh- show two episodes back-to-back so you get your money's worth. Yeah. That's a great idea. Or just for an opening night of a something. Like, yeah. you know, as in... Or a final episode. It'd be a great final episode thing. You can see the final episode of this. We shot it... And it, you know, it's going out in movies. Oh, you mean so when you wrap the series up, yeah. you'll say, hey, we're going to make a film. They, but they, they kind of do that now. Yeah, but I mean as the final episode, which then would get played on TV But isn't that what well. the films are? Aren't the Sex, and City, the Sex and the City movies like, hey, this is where we... No, because they've always been done as kind of... Open-ended. After, yeah, but they've also always been done as kind of afterthoughts, the movies. Yeah, like, right. they never not went, like We're not going to resolve up. everything. Like if the final episode of Lost had been a movie. Yeah. Like... Well, yeah, the X-Files kind of tried that, didn't they? Yeah. But again, it's not the lost episode. It's like no. a different yeah. iteration. It's a good idea. I think that's actually not... That's not crazy. Because they're, they're losing money. Like people, Less and less people are seeing films. More and more people are kind of like downloading watching TV shows. Like I think that's a way to get kind of people back into cinemas. It's not a bad idea. Mm. 
But so I would do that. But uh, would people go? I don't know. I, I mean, mean why, do, why do people go to movies? To make it a night. To yeah. make a night of something. So you could, I guess, it's exactly. Depends the same how big thing. a fan you are. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just I'm trying to think if there's any shows I'm a bigger fan of, like Breaking Bad or, or Boardwalk, that I would go. You'd want to go and see him on the big screen. Big screen. It has to be a show that looks good on the big screen too. Game, Game of Thrones could probably do it. Yeah, totally. That's perfect. All right, well, let's pitch that to them. <laughs> <laughs> cut us in a bit of that uh, yeah. George R. R. Martin money. Yeah, exactly. Why does he need two R's? Because he's a pirate. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, we've got to wind this up because yeah. uh, you've got to do a show and I've got to um, oh, fall asleep under a bridge. Um <laughs> Guys, honestly, thank you so much for um, uh, your support of the show. Uh, keep the reviews up on iTunes. Yep. Keep clicking that you like us because that's what's keeping us up in the charts. I mean, look, here's a little insider secret. We don't have as many listeners as Hamish and Andy or Ricky Gervais. No. But <laughs> I iTunes... Think, I assume that wasn't a secret to anybody. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe some people don't. I did have someone on Facebook and say, oh, my God, you're more popular than Ricky Gervais. And it's like, No. <laughs> there's some sort of mysterious algorithm yeah it is it's yeah. like a goodwill hunting yeah. kind of black and the only person equation. who knew it was Steve Jobs so now well, it has to be like that forever that's right we are the number two oh. show um, but it's really awesome for us because uh, look we do this for the love and it's just nice to sort of you know see that there's people out there listening to it so keep up that yeah um, no, it's unreal um, I still have uh, a week to go of the Melbourne Comedy Festival they're my last shows and um, most of them are sold out but there's still some tickets and I'd I, I've really enjoyed doing the show, so you know if you're a fan of this show, you might enjoy coming to see me do my stand-up. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at TweetFop. Oh, and so, sorry, I should mention, I've got London shows, um, yeah, so which are on sale. Sizzling them now. Yeah. Throw them on the barbie. I will. So I'll give you more details, but they're on my um, uh, website, willanderson.com.au, if you're in London. I'm performing... It's such a beautiful... It's like next to the Thames. It's like they have a big... It's like under Big Ben, essentially, and it's in this giant blue inflatable cloud. I've never been to London, but my one uh, idea of of the Thames is, you know, uh, back when you used to watch the goodies, and they would go to the BBC, that title card, do, 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 and you'd see the Thames. That's my only understanding of what London's like. Well, it's amazing. Like, I'm doing these these shows, like just stand-up shows. They have a festival there, you know, and it's it's a really wonderful... It goes for about three months, but... Three month festival, really? Well, it's already on now, and I'm not there for another month and a half or something. Fucking hell! Yeah, so they run because shows just come in and do like you know, like I'm doing three or four nights, and that's yeah. Some people do one night or whatever, and they just run it and run it and run it. And but you walk to work, and from where I was staying last time, that would mean I'd walk through um, like King's Cross, no, through um, what's uh, the uh, Piccadilly Station? Yeah, all that. I'm just naming everything I've seen of Monopoly. Monopoly. But no, you walk through like all the... Trafalgar Square. Where the red light district and all that sort of stuff, Soho and all that sort of stuff. Then you walk down towards your venue and you're walking past castles and like it's... It is fucking Game of Thrones. I mean, I just lose my mind when I do it because I'm like, God, I've... I, I was on a, some farm and now I'm telling jokes under Big Ben. Like, you know, it's 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 ridiculous. But anyway, so I'm doing London shows, um, so it'd be awesome. Have you ever ridden a big, uh, like a three-seater bicycle around? Uh, yeah, but only by myself. <laughs> it was really weird. I'm like, has anyone ever seen the other two goodies? I'm looking for the other two goodies. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This episode was brought to you by Benedict Cumberbunch.